Hey guys, welcome to The Survival Show Podcast. I'm David, the founder of Ultimate Survival Tips, and your host for today's show with two guest co-hosts, Luke and Brian Stevens. You guys are going to know Brian from Survival on Purpose. He's been a, a longtime friend, and Luke is his son. And I think we were just talking before the podcast here that I, I you were probably in high school, and now you're married with a, your first your first child and everything. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're going to talk about a lot of a lot of different stuff here. Brian, you just want to just give us a, a little kind of like backstory of what you do and survival on purpose, maybe how you got there, and then we'll we'll pick it apart as we sure. go. So, bye. And welcome to the show, guys. Well, thank, well, thank thanks you. for having us. Yeah, it's nice to be able to sit down in some calm here. We're in the middle. We're in the middle of a big convention right now. It's like really noisy. I'm oh, just yeah. going here to take a deep breath. So yeah, for you guys. Talk. For you guys that don't know, we are at SHOT Show right now. SHOT Show 2023. Can you, can you believe it? Mm-hmm. Brian, we, we did not recognize you. Brian's sporting <laughs> like a almost Santa Claus-like uh, Fu Manchu beard right now. <laughs> and uh, we're in the, there's a media room here, and, and I had seen Brian earlier in the day, so I knew it was him at the Condor booth. And I, I said, Ben, is that, is that Brian there? He's like, ah, oh, no, it's not, it's, it's, not, it's not Brian. So anyway, yeah, we're here, and it's 2023. We've been doing this for a while, bro. And aren't we supposed to be driving, like, rocket ships by now? Yeah, know, right. Yeah, yeah really. Yeah. So, uh, well, as far as the survival and purpose thing goes, I'm a, by trade, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a plumber. A master plumber. And I've God been, bless I've the been doing pl- plumbers, like, drywallers. And yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I've been doing that for, oh gosh, going on 35 years now or whatever. And everything kind of in the construction industry kind of bit started biting the dust really hard in 2008, 2009. So okay. I was looking around for a way to make some more income. And I started looking around things to do online. And it's kind of a silly story. But I made a video about how to unstop a toilet in 11 seconds. And after about a year or so, I noticed I had ads on this, you know, whatever YouTube ads they do. And I was making like 100 bucks a month on this video. And I thought, man, if I make a bunch of videos, I'll be rich. <laughs> so, yeah, right. Didn't work out like that. But I, I just got, I made a few plumbing videos and got tired. And at that time, you know, survival, uh, Man, Man versus Wild, Bear Grylls was real hot on yep. TV. You know, Dave Canterbury was really big on YouTube. And and I actually I told you this before, but but you and Dave Canterbury are, are two ins- inspirations that I personally looked at uh, when I was trying to figure out how I wanted to, to make a channel. Mm-hmm. And so I was a scoutmaster at the time, and I've been involved with the Boy Scouts for a long time. Luke's an Eagle Scout, mm-hmm. and I um I thought you know what this would be something much more fun and interesting than doing plumbing. So I just kind of started doing some. Um, I wanted to do how-to skill stuff and outdoor Boy Scout skills, and then the other thing I kind of picked up from you. Uh, I noticed from your channel was doing gear reviews because I, I found out when I was on the internet trying to f- look at s- making a decision about something I wanted to buy because every you know, it's a lot of let's buy stuff online now you can't hold it in your hand and you can't check it out and most of the re- so-called reviews I could find online were like straight up sales pitches you could just tell they <laughs> right. were sales pitches yep. so I thought you know my, what I want to try to do is, is do a review of something and show the things that I would want to see if I, if I was trying to make a decision and so I started doing the gear reviews, and as it turned out, they got they seem to be more popular than the how-to stuff. So kind of, I kind of gravitated more towards those. Isn't that interesting, huh? It is because I think it, because it's, it kind of performs the service. A lot of people are buying stuff online now. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably more than more than not more than buying a brick and mortar these days. 
especially after the last couple of years. Yeah. So yeah, and I um, I still am not rich, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but this will be my tenth year on YouTube, and um, I've met some really great. I met you through YouTube. Yeah. And I, I met uh, some, I met some of my best friends. You know, so I have. I, if nothing else, it's been a really big enricher in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. It's cool. Same same sort of thing. Luke, like, you know, how did you get into all this? Uh, you know, being <laughs> his son, really. But um, I think it was, this is our seventh SHOT Show. So uh, about seven years ago, he was like, hey, there's this thing called SHOT Show. I'd never heard of it before. And uh, he was like, would you want to come be my cameraman? And I think that was the first time I went to him, to yeah. events. And ever, since then, we've gone to, like, Blade Show and I think the NRA Show and other small stuff. I'm, I'm sure I met you at your first SHOT Show. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what it was. And but that's were, how. You, you were like. Yeah, you were you were half as tall almost. Yeah, literally <laughs> half as tall, smaller. Yeah, <laughs> but no. Ever since then, I've these big events. I've been coming to and being his cameraman. It's fun because like you get to see cool stuff and you just get to spend a week with your dad. You know, right, so. right, right. Yeah. yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure my son would say the same thing. Producer Ben <laughs> sitting here uh, with the podcast. But, yeah, and he does not have a mic, so he cannot comment on that. <laughs> you know, it's funny he said that though, because that is the first time we met, mm-hmm. and, and I have. I was a little bit starstruck. I was really. I guess I was honored, or felt really humble that you because i've been watching your videos and i thought man this dude's like he's got it going on he's he's pretty uh pretty big in in this genre and like you were just so helpful and just like so so um i guess generous to, to kind of give me tips and to help me get started and uh, mm. it was very very cool oh it was easy it was easy man we hit it off right right from the beginning yeah i remember that first time we spent a lot of time that first day and I wasted and, a lot of your time. <laughs> oh, no, no, not at all. Not at all, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. It was, it was a real blessing, like, talking about being enriched. Yeah. I mean, so I've known you for seven years then. Yeah. 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 It's kind of cool Pretty to cool. see, too, your first time you can do an event like that, and you're, like, starstruck with all these big people who's, like, the real just down-to-earth people and who it's all a persona, you know? But you're definitely one of the real down-to-earth people. Oh, so. man, I appreciate that, it's bro. true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll give you your fifty bucks later. I appreciate it. <laughs> it's actually seventy five. <laughs> yeah, oh man, yeah, I was trying to, yeah. I was trying to short you twenty five. <laughs> so, so Luke, um, tell us about Boy Scouts, Eagle Scout. Like that's a, I don't know how many there are, but that's that's a pretty. You got to stick with it for a long time to get all the badges and do mm-hmm. all the stuff, right? So, tell us about that. Like what, what, your journey and becoming a boy scout like most people don't complete that yeah it just it depends like it can take a long time or if you want to knock it out there's certain time requirements for some of the ranks so it's what is it scout tenderfoot second class first class star life and eagle so there's like seven or eight but um the first three or four you can just knock out if you do all the requirements but once you get to star in life the last two i think one of the requirements is you got to wait six months as a life scout or a star scout whatever but if you want to knock it out quick you can but i'm like the majority of people who Got the first couple really quick and those kind of drug it out and uh, gotcha. definitely took some pushing, but, you know, we're there. So, yeah, my older brother's an Eagle Scout, too. So when I was okay. little, I used to come with him to, like, his campouts, just hang out. And nice. so I wanted to join. So then I think it was 11 or 12. So he, w- he was a good role model then, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, and he was similar to me where it's, he was one of the ones that got the first couple quick and then took a little longer. But uh, he was definitely a good role model for it. And so I think when I was 11 or 12, I got put in Boy Scouts and you put – my two youngest brothers and Cub Scouts, right? Yep. Yeah. And so um just went from there. And it's super fun. It's uh there's a lot of stuff that I still use, like even if it's just minor first aid stuff that you have to is required in the first couple of ranks that you can just use forever. Mm. So it's also just that, but specifically the character building type stuff. 
and just following the scout law and the scout oath. It sounds kind of you know cringy, I guess, but it's there's good stuff in it anybody could use and just helps you be a better person. So what's the scout law? What's the scout oath? All right, all right. So scout law is scouts trustworthy, loyal. Well, that's the yeah, that's the law. Trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, bla- brave, clean, and reverent. And then scout. Sounds I was right, bi- right. It sounds biblical, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah see, <laughs> was I right? Yeah. You're okay. Right. The scout oath is on my honor. I'll do my best to do my duty, to God my country, to obey the scout law, to help other people at all times, keep myself physically strong, mentally awake, and morally straight. Bam. Right. See, and yeah. I haven't, I haven't had to say that in like probably ten years, dude. But you just remember it, so it's all I good mean, stuff. Like seriously, if we step back from where people, how old are you? Twenty-five. Twenty-five. Twenty-five year old. Um, I just told heard a story from. Can't remember exactly who it was, but they said that somebody showed up for work. Oh, it was uh, at the Condor booth. Um, somebody showed up for work, or they didn't show up for work. They called and they said, "Hey, I'm not feeling it today." Twenty-five mm-hmm. year old guy. Hey, I'm not feeling. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not feeling it today, you're not feeling <laughs> it any day, <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. So don't worry about coming back in. But that's like the story in our country now, like some sort of like privileged mindset, like everything should be given. I mean, how much better would we be if everybody lived by the, the scout honor, right? Yeah, and it's definitely, like, anybody you see, anytime you see someone like that, it makes a difference. Like, we went to Staples or Office Max somewhere on the way here to get a power bank, and um, the guy who helped us was actually, seemed like he was really just enjoying his job and going out of his way to help people, and that right. little thing, you notice stuff like that. Right, right. right? You really so, notice it now, right? Oh, yeah, People 100%. who actually care about their job. Yeah. yeah. Yesterday, I just went to... Raising Cane's little plugs, delicious. But um, <laughs> the, the lady who was ringing me up, same way. She's just super nice, like cheerful, just trying to make you have a better day too, and you really notice those little things. Yeah. So if everybody else tried to follow those scout laws, whether you're a scout or not, right, it's just good life me- lessons that you can use. Right. So right. Let's talk about that a little bit, Brian. Like, so I, I know the scouts have, have come under some criticism in the last, I mean, really the last decade or so, right? Maybe talk us through like where the scouts are at, like maybe your perspective on all that. I there was a couple of years ago I was like, are the Boy Scouts even around anymore? Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't want to get all political. So it's <laughs> been about, it's been a I've been out for for almost three years. My youngest son, son got aged out, so I, I quit with him. But I, I know they had some issues with sexuality rules and and because so they're trying to change to to compl- in my opinion, they've tried to change to conform with with more modern social norms. Whether you agree with that or not, I, I personally don't necessarily agree with it. But they they felt that's what they needed to do. And, and a lot of that, I think, was driven by corporate sponsors because mm-hmm. corporate sponsors mm-hmm. are very susceptible to that type, type of pressure. And let's face it, it takes money to, to run those programs. Um, I mean, just the uh, the summer camps alone, just the facilities, there's no, just the upkeep and management and different things. It takes a lot of money. So I understand the, the, the need for, for, for financing. Yeah. How many bankrupt Boy Scout or Girl Scout camps are there out there now? I don't know. A uh, lot. Yeah. I know in, in Georgia, we, we have a really, really good camp that was, that was actually pretty much mostly funded by a, 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 an endowment from the Woodruff family from Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So, um, but, but still, it takes money to, to run it. But the, And then the, the biggest, I think the, the biggest – drama that came about was a couple three years ago they started letting want to let girls in mm-hmm. in the boy scouts and, and to be honest with you i made a video at the beginning of that and i was kind of against it because 
I, was, I, it's, I think it's no, it's no secret that if, if you put teenage boys and girls together, they act differently, right? Mm-hmm. And they're focused on different things. If you've got boys, all, they're, they're focused on maybe learning what they want to do. But if you put them together, all of a sudden the boys are focused on looking good for the girls and the girls are focused on the boys. And it just changes the dynamics. But I, I, honestly, I've kind of since reassessed my opinion because if you're grown, you're, you, should be, you, should, you should be able to do that. And as long as they can manage the, the potential – risk of uh, whatever those risks may be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, Boy Scouts have always had a good reputation for building young men of character. And I think this nation needs young women of character just as well. Just like we were talking about. So yeah. if the program works for, for boys, you know, the character building part of it and the citizenship and the leadership, it works for girls too. Yeah. Principles are principles. So I think if it can be managed properly and, and they, can, they can continue to, to maintain the proper amount of control over the risks – I think it's a good thing. So yeah, I, I would like to see the Boy Scouts continue to thrive because because they really do a good job of um, of not just building character, which is important, but also just teaching life skills. I mean, as an example, Luke and his brothers, we went on a kayak trip mm-hmm. in Pamlico Sound uh, about what, five or six years ago. Yeah, a lot of paddling kayaks, and I don't know if you ever paddled a kayak very much, but we were in the sound, <laughs> but. After a while, it sounds fun at first. After a while, it's just plain old work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, really. And we uh, <clears throat> the the last night we did uh, like nine miles in the dark to get to this to this, to this um place we had to be at a certain time. Nice. And it was pretty cool because it was dark, but man, like the last three or four miles were really really hard. And I had his two younger brothers were really younger, I mean like eleven twelve years old. So I'm like taking turns with a rope, trying to pull <laughs> yeah. them, paddle them, and they were complaining the whole time. I mean, you know, the kids. Uh, and this, oh, this is horrible. I don't know why we're doing this, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but then I asked him later, so what do you think about it? It was great. We loved it. Great. Yeah. And yep. I think one of the things that's important for people to learn is that hard stuff won't hurt you. You can, you can do – so not just that it won't hurt you, but that you can actually do hard stuff and, and it, it will have a worthwhile outcome. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's something that's missing in a lot of today's society. Like you were talking earlier um, about, about the – different mindsets that people have mm-hmm. i was I was talking to a guy today that had spent some time in europe and ukraine recently actually because of all the stuff there he said when i come back to the u.s i have a totally different mindset he said because about everything it's yeah. almost like we we have to create problems here because we have it so good right we we don't have we we've we got That's such a good, a good life here mm-hmm. and it was, it was like we, we have to come up we have to come up with some problems yeah. out, of, out of thin air and so i don't know what what the cause of that is maybe we're just wired to i think i think we, I think we are created to to overcome problems, and so if 100%. we don't have any, we kind of try to have to invent something so we can have that challenge. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't know. I'm not a psychologist or a sociologist. I believe it 100. percent Yeah, it's also just the the feeling you get after doing something really hard, and you really push through. You don't want to do it just instantly. As soon as you're done, you get that feeling of like, wow, I accomplished that, and you just feel good. Right. So, yep. and you start stacking those hard things. Hey, I can do this. I can do that. Mm-hmm. Right. And all of a sudden, you're You've got a career. Yeah, exactly. Luke, so you build on a base of Boy Scouts, and obviously your parents have done a really, a really great job. They've been uh, you know, active in your life and, mm-hmm. and uh, building a legacy there in you. So uh, tell us beyond Boy Scouts, like, what have you been doing? So in goal, we'll skip to the end real quick and then go back. Um, okay. About to be a firefighter nice. in Georgia where we live. Um, but I've done a couple things before that. My first job was a uh, lifeguard and swim instructor. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so the uh, the fire department was kind of just like the adult version of that, right? Because you're hanging out with people, <laughs> doing like medical stuff, and then when it's time to go, you go. 
Um, but I've done a couple things in between then, but the lifeguard and swim instructor is my favorite job. So what I want to try and do is when I'm on with the fire department, since you work, what, 24 hours straight, then you get 48 off, 95% of them have something they do on the side. So I don't know what okay. it is, but something where I teach something, even if it's just like teaching swim lessons or something else that I'm good at trying to do that on the side. Cause I love the, the high action stuff like that and hanging out with people who are like-minded, but I also like the, the teaching side of stuff. So not like a school teacher, but just instructor with something, you know, that's great. Sounds like you have a good path forward. Hopefully. Yeah, so, uh, so tell us a little bit about your training for being a firefighter fighter. What's so, that entail? Yeah. So I haven't officially started the training yet, but, um, to get on, you have to do like a, a physical exam that gives you like an idea. So it's really just like mm -hmm. a lot of cardio type stuff. Cause you're going to have to be running around, making sure you can like carry grown men and drag people right, and right. stuff. But the actual training almost is like military. Or, yeah. It's, yeah. it's very similar. That's what they were saying. It's very similar to just like almost a boot camp military kind of training. Okay. And so they were saying it's, uh, I think it's 12 weeks of fire training. So it shows you how to put out fires, how to approach them, all sorts of stuff like that. And then what I'm really excited about is, uh, I think it's 20 weeks of, yeah, 20 weeks of medical training. So you actually, where I'm going, you graduate with an EMTA, which is the third level out of four. So it goes first responder, EMTB, which is basic, EMTA, advanced, and then paramedic. Paramedic's a whole different ball game. You're like administering all sorts of medications and stuff. But EMTA is about as far as you can go without getting there. So I'm really excited about that because one of the biggest reasons I want to do it is, like I said, just being around like-minded people and having that brotherhood and stuff like that. But it's also just a great skill anywhere you go. Like if I'm here right now and something were to happen after this class, obviously, um, I could take care of it and help people out. So it's just a good, like, transferable skill you can take anywhere. Nice. So it seems like a win-win-win for me. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. So and, we're, Yeah, go ahead. You get to drive a fire truck. You do get to drive a fire <laughs> truck, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Okay, so we're here at SHOT Show, and I'm sure you've made the rounds pretty good. Mm -hmm. So what's the best of SHOT Show so far? Wow, I'll tell you. It's, um, I'll pick something, you pick something. I, how about this? Because we're going to have listeners that ha don't even know what SHOT Show is. Why don't you take, take us back and bring people into this world, this crazy world. It's like so is SHOT Show is, is the shooting, hunting, outdoor trade show in Las Vegas, it's been in Las Vegas every time I've been. I think mm -hmm. it used to be other place. And it's basically the largest the largest show of its kind in the world, largest hunting outdoor show in the world. And it's not open to the public. Either it's for industry people. Either you're, you're a buyer, you're a seller, you're a manufacturer, or some of us are lucky enough to be called media. <laughs> with, with the, and we, so we get to come. And it is absolutely huge. I mean, I think you walk like 10, 12 miles a day if you want to. It, At this least. Thing is, yeah. There's miles and miles of, of aisles here. It's every, every year I've been, it's gotten bigger. And there's everything here from, from you know, the big names, Mossberg, Winchester, Ruger, whoever, you know, Glock. I'm not dropping names. You, you pick, your, pick your brand, they're probably here. The big here, brands, yeah. Down to little small niche manufacturers for guns. There's knife companies. There's outdoor clothing. Just anything to do with basically the outdoor shooting and hunting community. And there's a lot of, a lot of really innovative stuff here, I've, you see. Uh, so I'm always amazed at the number of people making ARs. Yeah, there's like there's always like, like crazy. Every, you can't go ten feet without a, a different AR, and they all kind of look the same. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, right, right. Yeah. I mean, certainly some are better than others. Don't misunderstand me. But I'm yeah. just saying, when you look at an AR and you say, "What's this thing's forty forty five hundred bucks?" Like, what makes it worth forty five hundred bucks? I don't know. Tell me. So yeah. But um, we were fortunate enough on Monday. You have they have a uh, media range day. So. You get to go out and, and actually shoot some of this stuff. 
and which is kind of fun. Not your ammo either. So that, that's, yeah, that's yeah, not your exactly. ammo. That's the real fun part. Yeah. yeah, and for me, it's an opportunity to not just see some new stuff and to and to try to build some business relationships, but also really to connect, like you know, connect with you and connect with people that I don't get to see mm-hmm. very often that I've met. You know, I um my my, my one of my good friends John that makes holsters. You know, I met him through YouTube and I wound up buying a Jeep from him. I've been to his, we, my wife and I've been out to visit him in Arizona and I get to see him every year, every year at shot show, which is cool. So it's really a, a way to meet, see old friends and meet new friends, but it's also a, a way to see kind of what's new. Cause there's usually like a couple of big and big new product releases or whatever. And, and like today I looked at one called, the alien pistol. And I'm not hmm. sure who, who hmm. makes it, but it's a, I forgot what the company, but it's from a uh, Czech Republic, right? Yeah. yeah. So they said they consider this the McLaren of, of, of handguns huh. and it really is cool. But when, when he told me the <laughs> price, I said, okay, now I know why he said it's a McLaren. Of handguns. Yeah. Did not bat an eye. So how much is this? He said it's uh, between 4,000, 7,000. Yeah. So. But it, it really is a cool pistol. Okay. It's like they took everything. I asked him how they came up with it. He said, we just took everything that had been, known about pistol design and we threw it out and we said we'll pick this part here and this part here and put it together and so you have to, it's hard to describe on, on on audio but it's pretty cool so i saw that um that tourniquet we saw is pretty cool yeah another a new ratchet tourniquet which is kind of cool i like tourniquets i think who, who was that do you remember it's actually uh, i think it's right out right outside this room i think it's called um it's a ratchet something i don't remember yeah but it's but it's, but it's a um I, i've had kind of been on a mission to encourage people to carry tourniquets because they save lives mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter about guns they save lives in car wrecks they save lives in, in accidents or mm-hmm. whatever i mean if you're like i was a scout master we play with sharp stuff right <laughs> right you and I, I know you play with sharp stuff all the time mm-hmm. you make sharp stuff some really sharp yep. stuff so yeah. joe flowers cut his hand on on uh camera today really? while we were fil- filming wow. so, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah he and did if, it for the drama right, 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 right. yeah 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 and, you know, honestly, if you're going to carry a knife, if you're going to carry a personal firearm for self-defense, you need to carry a tourniquet. So at can, a minimum. 100%. Yeah, at a minimum, yeah. yeah. So if you have to utilize any of that, that you can, you know, take care of yeah. any threats that you might and, have to and stop. If, if anybody listening to this is kind of hesitant about that, here's kind of what I, what I, what I looked at it. Okay, I, I didn't used to carry I, I love to sit here and hear <laughs> how you look at things. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't it's like my favorite turn in your videos. Here's the way I look at it, guys. <laughs> I didn't used to carry a tourniquet, right? Right. But now that I know how to, I've, I've had training, I know how to use a tourniquet, and I know how important it is. I, if if I, f- I feel like I'm shirking my responsibility, right, as a father and protector and husband, if I don't do that, because if something happened to my wife or kids or God forbid my grandkid, then and I. And I didn't have the. I knew that there's a there's a way that I could have fixed that, and I was just too lazy to do it. I, how would I forgive myself, right? Yeah, right. Yep. It'd be my. I'd be responsible for that. It'd be my fault, and I just couldn't live with that. So actually, since I had the grandkid, I started carrying a rat tourniquet because, uh, like the cat tourniquet I usually carry, won't get that little. Yeah, it's a great tourniquet, but it won't it won't get small enough. Oh right. So right. the rat Cause you, will because you have the whole. Yeah, you have to crank it. Yeah, a rat tourniquet is essentially yeah. like a string, and it has a metal thing. I you think can lock it's called it a rapid tur- rapid tourniquet now. They changed the name. Okay, yeah. sold it. But, but still, you know, it's, 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 you can get it a lot smaller. It's, right. it's an elastic tourniquet, and yeah. it'll get really small. It's got more of a metal clip, and then you can mm-hmm. you yeah, can take it exactly. as small as you can. Yeah, yep. So, 
Because now I got a grandkid. It's got little bitty arms. He's a baby. Right? You know, he's so. got big old legs, though. He's a big boy. <laughs> and he's a smiling little oh, joker. Yeah. He's happy. Luke, I mean, I met you when you were probably you're 25 now. So well, like you were just 18, like yeah, 17, 18, 18, 17, yeah. 18. Yeah. So now you're married. You have, mm-hmm. a, you have a son. Yes, How's sir. that changed your life? Uh, yeah, so obviously <laughs> it was a big change. But it wasn't like everybody made it out to be okay, like, She's pregnant, blah, blah, blah. When she has the baby, it's going to be a crazy change. But, you know, it wasn't. It was a big change. You got somebody else to look out for. But it's been great so far. I think part of it's because he's just, like, such a good, happy baby. Right, right. Yeah. But everybody I was who I was talking to was like, oh, yeah, you're not going to get any sleep. It's going to be bad. But it wasn't It wasn't that bad. And he's great. So it's it's been yeah. completely for the better. There's no negatives I can think of. Oh, that's great. Yeah. You got the easy one first. Exactly. That's what, <laughs> I was, that's what I was telling Ben. Yeah, I said, as long as the first one's easy, even if the next one is, like, sh- screaming, crying all the time, it's like, my introduction was good, so that's all that matters, right? Yeah, that's awesome. So, Brian, I have a question for you. Where's Gerber.com? I don't know. Where are they? They're not here. Are they not? They're not here. Now that you mention it, yeah, <laughs> I feel like they would have one of the biggest booths. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I, also, who's not here? Victor Knox is not here. Yeah, they're not. Oh, they're not. They I, know, I know Kershaw's not here. They weren't here last year. <laughs> last year, a lot of people weren't here, though, because it was uh, like right after people. a lot of Big shows were open back up after COVID, and so a lot of people, you'd, even if you weren't here, if you want to save your spot, you'd have to reserve a booth, so it was kind of a ghost wow. town. But even then, the, I was expecting to be back, and they're not here yeah, either. I wanted to see my friends at VanQuest. I don't know if you know about VanQuest, yeah. and they're not here. Huh. So, yeah, it's, it's um pretty wild. That there's, and I don't know. Maybe they VanQuest actually paid for them. They were here last year, so I know it's not about losing their booth because mm-hmm. I know I think what happened last year is and nobody cares about this. So, but <laughs> if, if people didn't pay for their booth, didn't show up, they still had to pay for it anyway and right. not be here. Right. So people had tables set out or chairs or little just little lounge areas. Yeah, I heard there were a lot of sitting areas, which yeah. it, it was nice. kind of nice. Yeah, right. I'm not going to lie. Right, right. I mean, so Savarsky so had just nothing but a, um, like a trailer with, with a big logo on it. In okay. So. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So <laughs> I think it took them a couple of years to build it. But if you, you guys who are listening – don't know anything about SHOT Show, if you don't know, it's hard to get into the show. Mm-hmm. Usually go, you go in. If you can get in, there's a first level, and you would, if a spot opened up, somehow you could get in there. And then there's a main floor on the second level, and it's almost impossible. Basically, it's a seniority thing. If something opens up, and you can take it on the first level. But, I mean, you got a decent-sized booth here. You're talking... 30, 40, 50, 60, 70,000 dollars more? Easily. Easily. We were talking to somebody from, uh, I forgot, I think it was Axis Binoculars or something like that. But um, they said normally it's like a five year waiting list to get like a decent booth. Okay. Which is crazy. Yeah. And so I, what they did is they opened up this, what do they call it, the Caesars, Caesar's Forum, Forum? Yeah. Which looked to me like it, all total, it was about as big as the main floor. Mm-hmm. So they've yeah. essentially added what? 33 percent more space and it's full yeah it's It's full of vendors and it's yeah there's already five floors and now they just added an entire another one yeah that's crazy it is crazy were you gonna say something else there brian uh no i don't think so so. (laughs) how about you how about for you luke what have you did you see anything any gear any any stuff out there that I like, uh, and this is just because it's fun, I like the different booths that are set up where they have, like, the simulation guns, and you're like, it's almost like a video game, like little training right, aids. Right, right, Those are pretty cool. And then this other thing we saw, um, it's a, a mag that you put in, 
and it's like a dry fire mag, but it resets your trigger. So that way you don't have to like, if you're doing dry fire practice or something like that, you don't have to cock the hammer back every single time. So that was pretty cool too. It was simple, but it was just, it saves you the annoyance of if you are doing that, just cocking it back every time. So anything yep. that like helps with the little conveniences of those tedious things like that, that's right. the kind of stuff I like. Yeah. We were actually just walking through and I just heard click, click, click. I looked over and there were lasers. Yeah. And I'm, I've been big into dry fire because like who wants to burn their ammo? Oh, right? yeah. And so it's like that, man, I really have to train. What am I going to do? So I've been collecting kind of like dry fire targets and, mm-hmm. and various different systems. And I got the Mantis and the, the Blackbeard uh, for the AR and all that. And I was going by there and I'm like, so tell me, tell me, guys, what are you guys doing? Right? Yeah. It was, I think it was like. I can't remember the name, but we actually did a video with them, mm-hmm. and um, it was it was pretty cool. It was legit. So yeah. they have a whole system where you just put that magazine in. You don't have to you don't have to reconfigure with. You basically use your own your own pistol, use their magazine, and then they have a laser unit that goes in there. Yeah, and that's exactly the one I was talking about. Yeah, yeah that's same the one. one. Yeah, yeah, really, really good stuff coming out. Oh yeah, yeah. How about knives? Do you guys, do you guys see any new knives out there? And, I, and I'm, I'm, sh- I'm selfishly like, I'm. I know you guys have been out there searching yeah. the world. I'm like, okay, who do I, who do I need to go see? There's this knife from this, <laughs> from this MSK knife. It, it rocks the house. Man. Yeah, it that's the only the one house. we've looked at or will look at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'll be. I'll, so I'll tell you something that really um, was cool because you know I worked with straight knives for a long time. Kind of like you did with Gerber for a They while. were the, the first big one you reviewed that kind of got you out yeah. there. And and um, they kind of sold, the, the Taylor Brands sold <laughs> yep. to a, a division of Smith & Wesson and made a lot of money. Good for them. There were, there were some good people, I think. Yeah, yeah they were. They were both yep. Eagle Scouts. I was about to say, yeah. And so anyway. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. The Taylor boys were both Eagle, Eagle yeah. Scouts. Okay. So they, um, I guess for a few years, it, was just, it seemed like they, they were just taking it as a product. They weren't really nice people, but – Last year, some guys reached out to me um, from Straight and I said, hey, look, we, we, we want to reconnect with you, get with you. We've got some Made in the USA knives now. And I was like, what? Made in the USA? Mm-hmm. So they huh. have some really cool folding knives really? that are made in the USA, and they are um, really, really slick. So I, I reviewed a few of them, and then I just I saw a few more at the show today and got a chance so to get So they are to here, the okay. Yeah. They're here, yeah. They got a pretty big booth on the main floor. Okay. So it was pretty cool to see the – because some of them, old, they also have the old-timer bringing back kind of the traditional old-timer you know, grandpa knives, I call them. Yeah. And, and it's, it's really good to see. any. I like to see anything that returns some jobs to the U.S. and manufacturing oh, yeah. to mm-hmm. the U.S. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's pretty cool to see, especially a classic knife brand like Schrader old-timer come back you know, with some U.S. But they're not all made in the U.S., but they have a, a certain line that's made in the U.S., which is pretty cool. Nice. Nice, nice. So. Well, this is good. So – Brian, what's ahead for you? What are you, what's your big focus for uh, for this newer newer year? So at this point? Um, I am really focused on trying to change. Like I, like I said, everything's kind of gone major major gear reviews, mm-hmm. and, and I really feel like um, I would like to try to increase the mix and, and, and of not just gear reviews, but do some more how to stuff. I think I've got. I've got things to to, to, to um, share, knowledge to share. And honestly, like, for example, I'm going next two weeks, I'm going to get certified as an NRA instructor. Uh, over the oh, last six cool. or seven years, I've had a lot of firearms training. I've been very fortunate from YouTube and people I've met to be able to go take some really high-end training and, 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 and to really improve my skills with, 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 with firearms. 
And so, and, and since my friend James died last year, I kind of feel like I almost have an obligation to to share some of the stuff that I learned from him with mm. other people because that was his kind of um that was his 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 I guess focus in life right it was was teaching people to defend themselves, and so I picked up a lot of skills. I, I'm I'm certainly no expert, but you know I know more way more than I did, and I honestly I I I've, I probably have trained as much as or more than, than a lot of a lot of law enforcement people. So not that I'm again not an expert, but like there's there's women in my church that that want to learn to learn to shoot and improve themselves. My wife's like my friend, this friend or that friend, that friend. So I want to get get kind of certified by the NRA just for that badge of approval yes. that yes. that have some credibility and, and kind of help those people. I'm not talking about starting an instructor's business. I just want to be able to help people right. and share some of that stuff on YouTube as well because. We have to be really careful on YouTube now because they're they're mm-hmm. not gun friendly at all. Mm-hmm. But if I can share some stuff that I know, and you know, I think, and I'm rambling a little bit because I tend to do that. Yeah, <laughs> but when I started the channel, I had all these skills that I had learned over the years as a scoutmaster and boy scout. But I, but I'm this new guy, and I look at people like Dave Canterbury and you, and I felt like, man, I'm just not worthy, right? <laughs> so. You have a certain period of time where you have this imposter syndrome, and you kind of feel like, "Who am I? Who do I? Who am I to be telling people how to do things?" Mm. But now that I'm sixty-something years old, and I've got the grandpa beard, <laughs> yeah, ma- ma- maybe I can <laughs> boss grandpa beard. There yeah. you go. Maybe I can fi- I can feel a little more uh, a little more capable of doing that. And uh, bottom line, I've got things I can share, and people can people can accept it or not. But I th- hopefully, there's some things I can do to help people. Yeah, because it's amazing to me. Something I learned as a scoutmaster, a lot of new dads would come in with their sons. And skills that you or I take for granted because we've been doing them all our life, they literally had no idea. Like from, from, from something as simple as like, what shoes do I need to buy? Or what, what, what tent do I need to buy? Or how do I build a fire? I mean, to me, the thought that there's somebody that can't build a fire is unthinkable, right? That's, that's a, being able to build a fire is like a man skill, right? <laughs> I think. So and how to use a compass or just those basic things. Yep. Even if you don't need to use a compass, you still need to know basically what the cardinal directions mean, right? Right. Yeah. North, south, east, west. Just just so you can take direction on Google. Yep. So true, th- true. Th- anyway, long-winded answer as usual, but that's kind of my goal is to try to get more of the of the skill stuff in it and even even try to blend the pr- – if I do a product review, try to blend it into like real-world skills and not just, hey, this is what happened. This is, how, this is the standard review. Right, right. I mean, it was so – I don't know, with so much media and so many opportunities for people to train, I just heard a statistic that was like the average the average child to like mid teen only spends seven minutes a day outdoors. Yeah, I believe when it. When I was a kid, I mean things are different, you know. When I was a kid. I mean, my mom didn't kick me out, but she she knew I was on the block somewhere all day till dinner. Yeah. Right? Now I realize we can't you can't exactly do that. But it just seems like kids in general, like they they don't even get out. Mm-hmm. I was very fortunate that my entire childhood, once I was old enough to remember it, I guess when I was at first grade or whatever, we lived somewhere, probably after second grade, we lived somewhere where there was some we call it woods, some woods. Right. Yeah. And it, it may have been it, it, memory is a tricky thing, but it may have been just a small strip of, of wooded area between whatever, but. When you're a kid, man, always, that's that's huge. Yeah, when you're man, a kid, man, I'm building, always building forts and having a good time in the woods. You know, yeah, right. Like I would, I remember my dad passed away a few years ago, but like we would leave and wouldn't be back until supper time, and he had the loudest whistle I've ever. He he could, I can't do it, but he could, he could do that. You know, put your fingers in your mouth and whistle thing. 
And I, you could probably hear him 30 miles away. I don't know. But when it was time to come home, when I heard that, I knew it was time to come home. And yeah. it was just, um, you're right. I think that's probably one of the influences. Like you said, even before Boy Scouts, I was doing that. I've just always been drawn to, to play in the woods. I think that's something that's so good for people to do. Mm-hmm. Of all kids, kids, men, boys and girls of all ages, I think it's, it's really important to get yeah. in the woods. Yeah. So speak to dads and kids. Got dad, we got kids. No, you got kids. Kid and dad, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, maybe let's call it like reinvigorating your your Boy Scout, the Boy Scout in you or something. Maybe some tips that dads and kids. So, and this is going to be controversial, but first thing I would say is if you can, if you can make it somehow, consider homeschooling your kids. Um, um, Lucas homeschooled, all my sons are homeschooled. <laughs> And they all turned out to be fine yep. young men of character. And <laughs> Our kids are homeschooled. And Producer Ben's right here with me. And, and your son's not, right here with you, yeah, working yeah. with you. How cool is that? And, and, and they're not like, <laughs> look, they're not like unsocialized and awkward people. It's, it's just, there's, there's, a, there's a stereotype about homeschooler, I think, yeah. that everybody thinks they're like Amish or something. I don't know. And I'm not knocking the Amish people, I'm, but you know what I'm saying. People think that they're not able to function in today's society. Right. And that's just absolutely totally untrue. untrue. Right. Yeah. So that's the first thing I'd say. The second thing I'd say is just like just go camping, figure it out. Don't worry about you. Got, you don't got to have the latest greatest gear. Just go build. A, if you can't go camp, just build a fire in the backyard and yeah, cook some right. hot dogs. Right. Cook some hot dogs on a stick. Ro- roast some marshmallows. It's just that is such a. There's something about staring into a fire that invigorates your soul. I don't know it what does. It, is. it really oh, yeah, does. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, if if you're not going to go, any, just do it in your backyard. Camp exactly. in your backyard. If you get cold. Go back in the house. That's right. Do it again go. next time, right? Okay, what, what's yeah. the lesson learned here? Uh, we need to learn how to make a fire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Lesson learned yeah, is make a bigger fire, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Go to survival on purpose. There learn how go. to make a fire. <laughs> <laughs> how about you, Luke? What's some lessons learned or some things you'd, you'd love, love to speak to young men um, and younger men? One thing is, uh, like he was talking about when we were younger and on that uh, kayaking trip, just like, complaining all the time it's like even stuff is hard and this is just basic stuff but even when stuff is hard just don't complain push through it and whether you finish the task with complaining or without if you do it without you're gonna feel much better realize you're capable of more than you thought yep. and just have a better outlook on life right so don't complain about stuff um and exercise if you can because just like talking about going outside and doing hard stuff that just automatically makes you feel better if you ever had like a bad day just go do some exercise it'll help you out even if it's just walking, lifting weights, anything like that. So obviously he's has a lot more experience in life than me because I'm significantly younger than him. But in the little time I've been here, those are the two biggest takeaways that I have. That's awesome. You guys are a great joy <laughs> to me. Just even watching you guys being here together at Shot Show and spending some time. It's just it's just great to to hear what your hearts are. Um, thank you, thank you so much for being here, Brian. How can people find you, bro? Survival on Purpose on YouTube is the easiest way. I mean, I got a website, survivalonpurpose.com, but it's really, really sketchy and lame. <laughs> it's sketchy. <laughs> the YouTube channel's not. The, the yeah, website yeah, is. Yeah. yeah. Survival on Purpose. Cool. And hey, if you guys want to connect with Luke, well, you're going to have to go through Survival on Purpose on there you YouTube. Go. Yeah. There you go. Fun <laughs> fact, too. If you want to see that, uh, that video he was talking about at the beginning, the how to unclog your toilet and all of its 360p glory, it's still up there. So oh, that you want to see some vintage Survival sweet. on Purpose, look it up. Yeah, how long clock is hold it in eleven seconds? Yep. I have never seen that. I got to look it's it a up. classic. Was that your first ever? 
It was my first first ever. It's, it's got okay. more more views than any video. It's yeah, I just looked it up. Several million views. It has uh, 4.6 million. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right, guys. I appreciate you being on the show. Thanks for Thanks having for us. Thanks for having us. All right, my friends, before we head out of here, don't forget to check out the new Pack One Knife over at our mothership, ultimatesurvivaltips.com. While you're there, you can grab the show notes for this podcast, grab a ton of free training content, jump into our survival masterclass, and subscribe to my free weekly survival EMAG newsletter for survival and preparedness tips, new gear announcements, gear reviews, and subscriber-only giveaways and discounts. All right, I think that's about it. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next time on the Survival Show podcast. Until then, keep it simple, be positive, and stay sharp.